you for being here tonight. Uh, and go ahead, ushers, as you pass around the buckets. Uh, something I wanted to bring up uh, before we get started is uh, some of you were asking about our newsletter that we were having you to sign up on called Looking Ahead. And we have our cards available at our information center, unless they put it in the bulletins tonight. I don't know if it's in there. Okay, if it's not, then please go to the information center, or we can have the ushers pass it around at the end of service. That way, before you leave, you can get that. And what that newsletter is all about is connecting us with you so that uh, you'll be informed of what's happening, not just here, uh, but what God is doing uh, in our community and state. And one of the things that is coming up, and I, I know you're aware of it, and we talked about it last week, uh, and, and some people were asking questions on, on what they should do, and, and do they still respond in all of this? Uh, and it's the same gender law that's going to be passed for marriage. And there's mixed reactions, not just in the Christian community, but in our state. And so uh, we're praying that, you know, this, this law doesn't pass, and on Friday, they're actually having the special session, supposedly the special, special session to pass uh, same-sex marriage in our state. And some of you might think, well, it doesn't bother me uh, and it doesn't affect me. Let me just say this. Any law that is passed affects the people who live in it. So you may feel like, oh, it's not going to affect me. I, you can say, oh, the speed limit doesn't affect me. It does affect you because if you break it, you get penalized for it. So every law that is passed affects every single person who lives in that state. So, and you may feel that, well, I, it, it's just not my, you know, my thing. I, I'll let whatever happens, happens. Uh, let me just speak to you as a believer, someone who believes in the things of God, someone who believes in the whole word of God. Uh, if you believe in some of the word of God, then you're going to have a difficult time believing in God. So if you're on the side of, well, you know, I, I, I believe in some of the things of God. I believe in some of the things of the Bible. You're going to have a difficult time with your relationship with God. Uh, you can't take bits and pieces of God uh, just like you wouldn't in a marriage. You wouldn't tell your spouse, you know what, today um, I don't want your vocal cords because all you do is talk too much. So I'm not going to take that part. Um, but keep your ears open because I have some things to say. You can just take bits and pieces, but your relationship is not going to go well in your marriage. And neither is it going to be with God. So uh, when it comes to this law, we all play a part in it because it affects every single person. Now I'm speaking to the believers, those who believe and follow Jesus Christ and believe in the things of God. Uh, because it's going to affect you. It's going to affect those who believe in Jesus Christ, who have a conscience about this word of God. If you don't have a conscience about the Word of God, then really it's not going to bother you. It's not going to bother you, but it will affect you. So we got to get back to what is the Lord saying. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and one who follows God, then it does affect you to the degree of it's a law. It's going to affect you to that degree. Uh, so some people are asking, do we still call? Do we still email? Do we still write? Absolutely, yes, you still do. And let me tell you why. If this law passes, your voice needs to be heard. In other words, it cannot be a one-sided vote if this law passes. It must be where, as we are in America, all voices are heard. Where they do it in a way that, that how we set up our government system, that the voices of the people can be heard. It's the government of the people by the people. It's not the government to, it's us as the people 
who represent the voices of our state. And so we have to say something. And even though the law may pass, if your voice is not heard, and if there aren't certain things that they put in there when this law is passed, then it's going to affect you, and you're going to wish you said something. So don't look in retrospect and say, man, I should have done something. Uh, do something now. And no matter what happens, just trust that God's going to work it out. But you still got to do your part. Don't say, I trust God, I trust God, I trust God. You can trust God jumping off a cliff, but sooner than later, you're going to hit the ground. So God's laws never change. And so his way about same-sex marriage or his way about marriage and our way or our laws or the human nature of same-sex marriage, they don't coincide. They don't go together. So God's laws, hi, Jaden or Landon. That's my grandson calling Papa. <laughs> uh, so the main thing is that you understand who you are and who God called you to be. <laughs> They're going to lock them up in the nursery. Uh, so that's what the newsletter does too. It signs you up uh, so that you can hear what's coming up. And it will help you to give you the steps that you need to take. Because some people, and like me, I didn't know what to do. You know, I needed to learn how to do this. So what that will do is help you to uh, uh, the steps to take and, and how your voice can be heard. The other side to it, people will ask, um, I don't agree with what you're saying as the church, but I come to this church. Can I still attend? Absolutely. I mean, if, if, if that was the case, no one should attend. I would, I would always believe that this church would be how Jesus Christ created the church, that we embrace every single person that walks through these doors, that our heart and our love for people is a result of God's love and heart for us because he saved us. And he took it upon himself to take our sin, place it on the cross, die for us so that we could have eternal life with him. Like I said this past Sunday, we're all in the same boat, saved by grace. So some of you might think, oh, boy, I don't know. Then should I, should I not come to church? What if I come to church and, and people, you know, they're, they're going to say things? No, no. It, it, this is a place where every single person is welcomed to the throne of grace because God is full of grace and his compassions fail not. That's what we're talking about. I, let me just address this that might be a, a concern because I think... This is what makes it difficult. Uh, when someone is in adultery, not too many people know. When someone is or has committed a crime and has gotten away with it, nobody knows except that person and maybe people that they've shared it with. When you live a life openly in a homosexual lifestyle, it's very overt. People can see and here's the problem I have as the pastor of this church. Because it's overt or it, it's known or it can be seen, that people treat them differently because it's obvious versus someone who can hide adultery or hide a criminal act or hide drugs or hide doing certain things that are, are not pleasing to God. You know, we can hide those things. You can hide viewing pornography. You can hide uh, your extramarital affairs. You can hide those things. But for someone who is living a lifestyle that's overtly, uh, where everyone can see that it's not 
uh, in accordance to the ways of God, it can become where now it's, it, it's hard for people to attend church because the way they will be treated. And I pray that never happens here at this church. I pray that we would always be a church that God is the one who changes people, not us. We cannot change people. We cannot force people to change. But what we can do is love people just like how they loved us into the kingdom of God. God will change our hearts. We can't change each other's hearts. No matter how hard you try. Auntie Laurie was just sharing tonight with her husband how many years she's been praying for her husband. She can't change his heart. Only God could. And so I pray that we would be a church that openly embraces every single person that walks through these doors because we are all sinners saved by the grace of God, right? <laughs> it's not my message tonight, but we'll, we'll jump right in. But we, we do have some time, but I, I do want you to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 4. And I, I want to uh, give you a glimpse of even what we're going through in our nation, but even in our state, because there are things that are not going so well, uh, because it affects us personally, uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. And if you want to write notes, if you want to put a title down and put a title on your notes, then let's, let's call it Living the Whole Bible. Living the Whole Bible, or Living Every Word of the Bible, whichever one you want to choose, Living the Whole Bible, Living Every Word of the Bible. Uh, we, we receive instructions by God. How many of you, by a show of hands, ever had instructions by God, maybe not verbally, maybe through His Word, but, but God said something to you or you felt something from God or you came to church and, and you were given instructions and you knew that, okay, God, you're speaking to me. Just raise your hand that God gave you instructions. Yeah, many of us, many of us. Uh, instructions are very important. And if you miss one thing, the, the results can become, it can turn out bad. The end result can turn out bad. Some time ago, Heidi gave me some instructions. She said this, after you go to throw away the rubbish, after you go to the dump and throw away the trash, I need you to go to the shop where my son works. I need you to go to the shop, and I need you to pick up a package for me. And then I need you to go to the store and pick up these items. And then I need you to drop off a check at mom's house. I said, okay, hang on. I got to write this down. One thing can, two, ah. More than that, i got to start writing things down. So I write this down, and, and, and I try my very best to listen to the instructions. So I leave, and then I go to the store. I do some of the errands, and then I call her midway of all my errands. And, and she says, oh, so where are you? I said, well, I've, I've, I went to the shop, and I went to the store. She said, did you get everything? I said, I got everything. Yes, I checked the list, and I got everything. She, and so she named everything. I said, I got it all. And she said, I'm so proud of you. And you picked up everything. I said, yeah, I'm a big boy. So now I have all the items. I have everything. And then I go to our mom's house, and I, I'm looking for the package. Now, there's not too much space to look around, so I'm looking and looking, 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 and I can't find it, and I'm getting frustrated. Now, I can't call her because if I call her, then I failed because, men, we don't like second instructions. So I don't want to get the second instruction I just will rely on the first instruction. So I just stood there and looking around, and I couldn't. Finally, I was so frustrated, I had to call her. So I called her. I said, Heidi, I looked all over mom's house. I cannot find the package. What does it look like? She said, why are you at mom's house? I said, because you said to pick up the package at mom's house. She goes, no, no, no. I told you pick up the package at the shop, drop the check off at mom's house. I said, no, you told me to drop the check off at the shop and then to pick up the package at mom's house. She goes, no. What did you write down? <laughs> Never mind what I didn't write down. You said, 
I said, come on, I got to go back to the shop and I got to go. So I did and I, I rearranged everything and I went back to the shop and then I, I, I picked up the package, got the check and then I came home and I said, okay, Heidi, I did everything you've asked. She goes, are you okay? You're stressed out. I said, no, I just, you know, I, I, this, I was doing A, B, C, and I had to do all of that and I, and I got mixed up. So it took me so long just to do everything. She said, that's okay. The main thing was you took the check to mom's house. I was like, Oh, it's in my pocket. And I'm like, no. And uh, I don't know what happened to the check. I don't know what happened with all of that. I, I remember this, though. One small mistake, one small instruction that is not, you know, followed through with changes everything. That was the most important thing I was supposed to do. And I missed that. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, we're going to find something that Jesus walked through. And with every, every moment that he's dealing with this difficult time, he found it upon himself to rely on God. And not just on God, but on the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 4, I'm going to read from verses 1 through 11. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 4. And it's in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 4. And I'll read it. It starts in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry, which proves his humanity, at the same time being God. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, we know who the tempter is in this passage. It's the devil. It's Satan. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And if you have your Bibles, can you circle that word every? That, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written... He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written. It is what? Written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. You know what I find very interesting about this scripture? Is that Jesus was in weakness when he faced the devil. He was in weakness, physically. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, therefore he was hungry. He was that weak. And so by the time the devil comes up, the devil tempts him where he is at his weakest. The devil didn't tempt him first with, hey, why don't you just jump off this cliff and then the angels will come and keep charge over you. Nor did he say, fall down and worship me. He said, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? It's like the devil knows our weaknesses. He knows where to pick at us. He knows exactly where to get us because he studies us. He knows exactly where we're weak. 
And so he comes in and he says, Jesus, why don't you just turn these stones to bread? Why don't you just use your power for yourself? Now, when Jesus responds and he says, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. He doesn't just leave it at that. He doesn't just say, you know, uh, Satan, that's not how we function. That I don't, I don't live on bread alone. He, he also said that this is how we live. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word. In other words, if I'm not living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, I'm not really living. If I only take bits and pieces of what God says to me, I'm not fully living. I'm just kind of existing according to what I want Scripture to do in my life. Because I think we all like the good Scriptures. We like the encouraging Scriptures. We like the ones that, that encourage us. We like the ones that build us up. We all like those ones. We like the ones that say, no fear. Uh, fear not. I am with you. I will never leave you. nor forsake you. We like those Scriptures. We like the ones that build us up. But the ones that challenge us, oh boy, that, those are the difficult ones. The ones that says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, that he gave himself up for it. Those are the tough ones as a husband. Or wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Those are tough scriptures. Those are tough things, difficult ones. So sometimes what we'll do is we'll just say, you know what, then I just won't read the Bible. Because every time I read the Bible, it's hard to live by. It's a difficult thing. So I just won't read the Bible. But I, I want us to focus in on verse 4 where Jesus says over and over, it is written. And where he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He doesn't say some words. He doesn't say pick and choose what words you want. He says every single word. In other words, when God speaks, he speaks on purpose. He speaks on purpose. Even though God may talk story with you, he does that on purpose. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God brings life. He is the breath of life. That's why the scripture is God breathed because God brought it to life. And so every word you read brings you to life. It does something in your spirit. Sometimes we like a little bit of the word of God. We like the ones that encourage us. We just don't want the convicting ones, the ones that challenge us. See, when Jesus said, it is written, I thought, wait a minute. It's very important that we write things down. Imagine if they didn't write these things down. Imagine what our world would really look like. But I'm so glad they wrote these things down. In other words, when God speaks something to you, write it down. That's why we have notes. That's why we have pens available. And they're absolutely free. Just return them. And sometimes you're in the habit, we take them and we go home and then we go, oh, look, I'm still from the church. But just bring them back and then put it back in the cup holder. You'll be all right. It's not a bad thing. That's, it's there for you, but write it down. Write down the, the things that God speaks to you. Take notes. Heidi will often say to me, can you get this for me and this for me? Again, I can take one or two, but more than that, I got to write stuff down. Otherwise, I'll forget. And same thing is with you. When, when God speaks something and when he speaks something to me, we got to write this stuff down. That's why we journal. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we, we get before God and we ask Him for instruction. But when He does give us instruction, obey the whole instruction. Because one thing can lead you down the wrong road. Today I was uh, running down my road and uh, exercising. Got to state that. 
lest you wonder why. As I'm going down the road, I see this lady approaching me. Now, you know when someone's going to slow down, uh, stop and talk to you because they slow down and they kind of pull over. So she pulled over, and I'm full sweating, and, and, I, and I said, hi. And she says, um, I'm trying to find my friend's house. She said, it's the 10th telephone pole. And I said, okay. And she says, uh, what street is this? And I said, I, I gave her instructions, and I said, so what did, this, what did your friend tell you? And she said, she told me to go down Paradise and turn on this road, uh, 16th, and then it's the 10th telephone pole. I said, oh, you know what you missed? You're supposed to go all the way down 16th, uh, all the way down Paradise. And then you turn right off of Paradise. And she looks at me, she goes, oh, I missed one thing. And she goes, I'm sorry for bothering you. Yeah, you're still running. And I said, no, 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 you know, I needed one break. She's, oh, thank you so much for saying that because I run too. And I said, okay. And then she left and I thought, you miss one thing. You're completely in a different location when given instructions. One thing. And then I thought about God when he gives me instructions. When God gives me instructions, do I obey his every word that proceeds out of his mouth or do I kind of just skip over certain things? And if I do, I will end up in a place where I really don't want to be. At the same time, I will be so far from where I should be when God is saying, here's my instructions for you. Every single word that proceeds out of my mouth will give you life. Now, here's what's tragic. Because sometimes we pick and choose what we want to follow God with and, and we don't accept every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, we think that in the end, God understands because our hearts are good. That's what we do. That we believe, well, uh, you know, my heart is good, so Lord, I, you know my heart. I want you to turn to a, a scripture. It's found in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, and I want us to really take this one to heart. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, and you can write it down and check it out later. Jeremiah 17, 9. And when Jeremiah... has this passage and it's written this way I thought I, no wonder why Jesus said what he said in how to love God Jeremiah 17 9 it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it so if we ever go to God and say well you know my heart yeah he does it's desperately wicked and deceitful. So if our hearts are deceitful, desperately wicked, why would I want to use that with a good God? So if I ever say to God, but you know my heart, he'll probably agree with you and say, I do know your heart. It is wicked. It is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. I want to read us uh, and close with this in Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. And verse 34. 
It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, so this is, this is someone who's well-educated, asked Jesus a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says this, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's like Jesus was saying, I want to narrow it down to your love for God. Not just the law and the prophets or, or the word of God. Because if you don't love God, it doesn't matter if you know this. The devil knows this. In fact, he was using scripture against Jesus Christ. So the devil knows scripture. It's not about knowing scripture. It's about loving God. When you love God, applying this is life. It's like you're saying to God, tell me, give me instruction. I love you, so I'm going to obey you. I, I, I'm going to do that. But you got to give me the strength because you know where I'm weak and so does the devil. So you got to help me. And God will. He will always help us. See, if you want to live the whole Bible, love the Lord with your whole heart so that he can transform it into a new one. It's the only way we can live the whole Bible is if we give God our whole heart. He's the only one who can transform our hearts. So when the Lord speaks something to you, you can say with confidence, I am living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and I've obeyed your every word, Lord. And with that comes the power and strength that God offers. See, following complete instructions equals success in this life. Not in a worldly way, but in God's way. And I think when he gives us instructions, let's not miss one of them. Let's live the whole Bible. Amen. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads together. Lord, we've been talking throughout the weeks and months about the history and authenticity of the Bible. And we can talk all we want and learn about how the Bible came into being and, and how it was preserved and, and how, how many things have been put in place so that the Bible can be preserved. And although it is, it is inspired by you, that it's... God breathed. The power comes when we love you with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself, according to your word. That that's where true life will come from, that as we live according to every word that proceeds out of your mouth, then we become the people you called us to be. And so we thank you for your word. We pray that as we leave here tonight, that whatever instructions you've already given to us, that we'll apply that. And as the days go by, when you speak to us, may we obey you, Lord. Give us the strength we need, the perseverance, the boldness, and the courage to obey your word because it's not easy sometimes. But when we love you first, then everything else comes into play. You give us the strength. You give us the ability and the courage. 
It's loving you first, Lord. And that we choose to do. It's in your name that we pray these things. And we all said, amen.